Welcome to Regenerative Farmers of America podcast. All right, we are so excited to have you today and we would love for you to get started with telling us just a little bit about how your company got started and um, was regenerative agriculture always in your mission or is it something you developed into? Yeah, so um, my name is Elisa. I'm the founder and CEO of Bond Bone Broth. I started Bond because I had serious gut health issues and I remember waking up from emergency surgery. I just said goodbye to my five month old son and my husband, and they were trying to get me scheduled for my next surgery. I was 23 at the time. And I just thought this cannot be the trajectory of my life. Um, and I was determined to find a way to heal my body from the inside out. And so I, um, I love to say that my search for healing led me out of the grocery store and down to the farmer's market. And when you ask if regenerative agriculture has been a part of our mission from the beginning, it has. When you are from, you know, when you create a product from a position of need, you can't compromise on the quality. Um, there's so much that can be done in, in a way that's not beneficial to the animals, not beneficial to the land, not beneficial to us. And so, you know, when you're, when you're trying to put out the internal fire, right, you're looking for the highest quality product, trying to create the most nutrient dense. And so that led me to the farmer's market and um, regenerative agriculture has always been a huge part of the mission at Fond and we've had to grow with it. So as you can imagine, you know, sourcing from all the local farms we could in Texas to make our product. And then finally having to, you know, figure out how to ship truckloads of product still again, pasture raised or grass fed, grass finished. Um, and then we started to kind of lean into, okay, well, we're going down to the farm. That's part of our process, right? What part of our process was we visit every farm before a chicken, you know, was ever used in our bone broth. We met the people growing it. We wanted to support them. It was this very beautiful, holistic thing. And we saw so much variance in the ways that things were done. And you have to remember, this was in 2015. So, you know, this was a little bit ago. And what was so interesting to me was to just see the variety. So when the Savory Institute started really increasing in popularity, it made sense to me because for farming, you know, can be done well in a variety of different ways, but how do you kind of create a standard where, hey, this is what we're trying to do. And so I understood when the savory movement started to get some traction and that was exciting for me to see as a producer because more and at more and more education, more farmers, of course, you know, um, polyface farm and, um, you know, Con confessions of a lunatic farmer had a big impact on me and, and why, you know, we needed to do things this way as a producer, but you can't do it that way if there's not enough people growing the product. And so we're raising it in this case. And so it was really cool to see our desires kind of coincide. We've really grown up with this movement and there was only one year in our entire history where we had to move to you know, humanely raised boutique, um, free range, organic certified chickens. They're let out on pasture as close to pasture raised as you could get. Right. But, you know, we were growing too fast. And so in a year we 
we had been committing with other suppliers and helping them grow up to breach our standards of quality. And one of the things that's always been really passionate that I've always been really passionate about and my, my COO as well is the organic part of this conversation. So a lot of people we find in the consumer world still value organic. I still value organic as someone who has, you know, heavy metal sensitivities. I eat an all organic or non-GMO right diet. I have to, um, I notice a difference when I, um, am not choosy about my produce. And so that's always been a really big deal to us as a company is, okay, yes. How do we not only support the land to market certification, which is hugely important, but also the quality of the product itself. And so we uh, literally have been working two plus years with our um, chicken supplier as they go through the rock certification, everything I'm sure as you know, Lauren, from the feed to um, yeah, just every aspect of their process to even having the plant um, where they process the chickens at. And so that's, that's been a really long, 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 hard, um, but exciting road, right. To be a part of, like, we're actually changing how this is done and, and the demand for it. And I love that, um, we're participating in this growth now, as far as our bone broth, our beef bone broth is already regenerative certified organic. And I, that is so cool, um, to me that we were able to, you know, that beef kind of has this momentum behind it. Um, I think that really started with the grass fed grass finished, right. The more momentum you start getting behind these things, the faster they tend to, um, to roll. And so, you know, for us, beef was easy to do, um, regenerative organic. We love our supplier. Um, we are definitely going to have to be increasing in who our suppliers are, but the good news is, you know, that's something that's important to a lot of farmers too. So I know one of your questions kind of circled around certifications and how that process has been for us. And, and we can get to that later, but that's something where, you know, a long-winded answer on, it's always been hugely important to us. It's always been a cornerstone of the product is its quality. And we want to be on the, you know, cutting edge of, of having as much, as many of our products, as much as of our bone broth, regenerative organic certified as possible. That's really amazing that, you know, the market wasn't there for you guys and you really kind of had to grow into it. It's one thing to bring a product to market. It's another thing to have to kind of source all of the stuff. And that's just such a crazy second layer. Can you go a little bit deeper into like why it's that important? What are like the nutrient benefits? What are the reasons that it's worth all this work and effort to get that product? Yeah. So I have a lot of respect for vital farms. I think they've done, uh, regardless of, you know, what other people think of them, they've done tremendous work on consumer education, on the health benefits of a pasture raised product. Um, versus, you know, a conventionally raised one indoors, no sunshine, no sunlight, um, feed based. And when you look at, you know, there's a couple of studies that are available um, through PubMed online, but you look at them and they're peer reviewed studies and they're, they're analyzing the nutrient density of a chicken raised on pasture and a chicken not. And um, I don't remember enough about it to, to quote it exactly as far as the specific, I think it was four to six times the amount of vitamin D. Um, it was like three times the amount of omegas 
So I'm going to have to double check the exact numbers, but I mean, it was significant, Lauren. It was, it was of the caliber of like, wow, I'd have to eat like four or five chickens <laughs> to get the nutrient density of one pasture raised. And, um, when I say pasture raised, I mean, organic and regenerative, um, it's just an easier term for me, but yeah. So for me, you know, gut health being hugely important, you also use a lot of the connective tissue. And so, um, the feet, the backs, the necks of the animal. And, um, that is something when you grow a bird over like 90 days, right. Or, um, sorry, 190 days, it's, it's crazy what happens to the breast meat, you know, and it starts to have this, I'm sure, you know, but this like strip stripes on it and you can tell it's just been gorged. And that's a definite consideration for our product. We don't want the muscle tissue to be overextended and, you know, full of water and just, I mean, it's also awful what they're doing to the animal, but one thing you can't fake is the bone and mineral content, right? I mean, that's, that's something where, you know, that's, that's how the animal, that's what they're eating every day. That's their lifeblood. It's literally their marrow and it has everything to do with what is going into their bodies. And so what we found was not only are you by by them being raised on pasture, you're consuming a lot less microplastics over time. I mean, I know they found plastics on Mount Everest and in the deepest parts of the ocean, which is heartbreaking. But truly, when you have a bird that is foraging and out on pasture, or you have a, you know, a cow that's not just being fed, heaven forbid, red Skittles, but also just corn, right? Um, corn has some nutrient properties. And again, of course, you know, all things in moderation, my grandpa is a dairy farmer and, you know, I fully support their use of alfalfa right in the winter months when they can't get, you know, that he's not a grass fed farmer, but, um, I, I, I love that they're doing that. I mean, alfalfa gets so many nutrients that other plants can't get. And so I think you see how they're, you know, there's freedom, right? But then there's also certain standards of they cannot just, I mean, I don't know if you remember that story that came out, but um, there was like a truckload of Skittles that had spilled on the way to a feedlot and they were literally feeding the cow's sugar so that they would grow faster. And that kind of stuff is just, it's heartbreaking. It's not sustainable. When you think of meat as like, I mean, it should be dear to us. It's always a little complicated for me because um, I love animals, right? And I would so easily be vegan or vegetarian, but there is something really beautiful, right? When you honor this process of, you know, this animal has a life and, and they're giving their life so you can be nourished and you raise them well. And it's just a beautiful, it, it can be a really beautiful process and it can be one and it should be one where the animals are honored and they're taken care of and the land is blessed by it. And, you know, there are, our, our bodies are blessed by it and they have a good life. And, and it, I've seen it done so beautifully. And so well. I'll never forget. I was in this, the chicken farmer that we sourced from, I was out on pasture with him and gosh, I mean, it must've been 102 degrees in Texas. It was so hot. 
And we went into the um, outdoor enclosure where the birds are. And the way that they had designed it, I mean, it was like walking into just this breezy, you know, like, and we were outside, but the way these chickens lived, I was like, man, I could live in here, you know, and it wasn't <laughs> air conditioned. It was just like the way that he was using the wind and like had water and like there was movement and it was just, it, there were like wildflowers. And I was like, I could like take a nap right in here, right in this chicken pen. <laughs> And this outdoor enclosure, and it was just so beautiful to me to see the transformation. And um, I don't know if Greener, uh, what's her name, Cloud Creek Farm in Texas has done a lot of before and after photos of their land. Um, and we, we um, sourced from them for a long, long time and have a ton of respect for them. And they, um, you just see year over year, right? The topsoil is doubling and it's just, I mean, it's incredible. And, you know, so I also love and think it's necessary as a producer for Fond to be a part of this process in a good way, right? Are we contributing to waste? Are we contributing to usury? Are we contributing to um, the mistreatment of animals and, you know, cheap like nutrient less meat i mean it's no right we didn't we want no part in that process and so we you know we do stuff other bone broth companies don't i mean we test our bone broth for lead that's a really big concern with pasture raised birds um definitely less so with grass-fed grass-finished regenerative organic meats um in the but but still right even for pasture pasture raised they're concerned about lead in the soil and and so we test our bone broth for lead cadmium arsenic we don't want that in there either you know and um and so we we're in this kind of habit of going above and beyond but it's it's all about what do we want our future to look like do i will my boy i have five boys will they be proud you know, of the contribution we've made. Uh, we love the land. I think that's another thing. So people, so many people don't understand the value of land and we love the land. We've seen it transformed by this beautiful process. And I think it just, it totally, it changes everything. I think the best decision we made when we were starting out was going down to the farm to see how these farmers did things differently. Um, it just, it changed everything for us. We knew we couldn't go back. We could never use meat that had been mass produced in these, you know, huge feedlots. That's an amazing transformation. And do you mind taking a little bit of a dive if you're comfortable about how you, you know, you mentioned that it would be great to go vegan and vegetarian, but we know that bone broth has so many gut health benefits. Can you share a little bit about maybe your personal journey and why, you know, that brought you to that for nutritional reasons? Yeah, so I also um, have Lyme disease. And one of the things that you find out very quickly on Lyme disease is you, you really need nutrient-dense foods. And I could not really afford to mess around with a vegan or vegetarian diet. And here's why I say that. Your teeth, your body, your gut lining, they need the gelatin content to heal and seal the gut so that you can even absorb nutrients from the vegetables that you're eating. 
increasingly, Lauren, we see testimonials from customers who say, I used to be vegan or vegetarian, and now I drink your bone broth. It's, it's really, I understand the concerns and that's where I, you know, shared um, that I was interested in that. I mean, who, you know, on its face value, when you talk about it, like, especially when you grow up on, you know, going to your grandparents' farm all the time and you play with the calves and you see them grow up and, you know, they, it was a dairy farm. So it wasn't like, you know, they were all being hauled off um, to the slaughter by any means, but, you know, you were aware of the process of life and death a little bit more. And we're so isolated from our food that we don't understand that, you know, there is this beautiful system and it's okay to take part in that. And it's actually unrealistic and it's not good for the land, right? Like if we were to, if we were to take all the animals away, right. And, and we weren't going to, you know, raise, you know, pasture raised chickens and we were all going to go vegan, our land would suffer. We would see that we would see that it, you know, we need the natural fertilizer, the beautiful process that first was illustrated for me with chef Dan Barber talking about, you know, the, the, the chickens fertilizing the field and the cows spreading the fertilization. And then you've got the pigs pushing back the forest and you've just got this, I mean, this beautiful, you know, almost like sensory, like it, overload, right? I mean, it's, it's incredible. And so I, I completely understand. And I think the de- I completely understand the desire to say, Hey, I'm uncomfortable with how animals are being treated, or I'm uncomfortable that this is happening. So I'm going to abstain, but I would like to make the argument that abstaining is not helping and that the, the system can be redeemed, right? You can make real change. And that's what I'm trying to do, right? By creating a product that increases the demand for people who are doing things the right way and who, and to support these farmers um, in their, their desire to, to do things the right way and to restore the system. So um, I don't know if that answered your question specifically, but that's, uh, those are my thoughts. No, I think it's great. Uh, I, I'm with you that like, you know, we love animals and it's because we love animals that we want better and we can't yeah. see a world without them. So, you know, we're, we're going to find a way to do it the best we can possible. So I think it was great. <laughs> so we talk about a lot about consumer choices, you know, and so when you think about the customers for Fond, are they coming to you because of the regenerative movement? Are they coming to you because of the nutrition are you finding one comes before the other or what's been your guys' experience on kind of marketing the regenerative aspect of your product? Yeah, that's a great question. People come to Fond really for two reasons. It's the best quality that they can find that they don't have to make. We did a lot so that that would be the case. Uh, making bone broth takes a lot of time, special equipment. Um, you also have to have really consistent access to bones and a way to preserve it. Um, I'm not a big fan of refrigerator of sorry, of freezing um, or refrigeration if we could get away from it, but in our modern society. Um, but, you know, it uses so much energy to do that. And so in our, our family, instead of having like an additional deep freezer, we can and preserve as much of our food as possible. And one of the things, how that relates is, you know, we, so 
customers come to Fond because it's the highest quality that they can find that they don't have to make at home, um, which I love. But secondly, part of the highest quality is, you know, our sourcing. And I, I love to say we source like a small plates chef. If we don't like how the mushroom looks, it doesn't go in, right? Like we, you know, we find other things for it, right? Like composting or, um, you know, I don't know, but like we love to be choosy and everything matters, right? We use fresh herbs instead of spices. There's a reason for that. Um, and so I do think that customers come to us knowing we're the best of the best. We kind of have this funny, for example, like people think they can buy us in Whole Foods, but we're actually not in there. <laughs> and they'll tell us all the time, oh, we bought you at Whole Foods. And we're like, maybe sprouts. Um, but because they, they see it as the highest quality, right? And Whole Foods is the place where historically you've been able to buy the highest quality foods. And so it's definitely part of our quality, right? That regenerative agriculture piece. Um, at the same time, we are having to lead that education. So our core customer base, when we started out, I would tell you probably bought us almost exclusively because of the birds that we used and the, you know, the, the, our sourcing, um, as we've grown and hit more of a mass market, because of course, Fond also tastes good with the herbal infusions and vegetable infusions, we've hit a much more mass market audience. And this is where it's very exciting. And we, for the first time have the chance to really educate and to talk about, Hey, if you're buying Fond because it tastes good, part of that is because of the bones that we use. Why do we, so we actually have a day dedicated on social media to education. Um, and a lot of it is us just cheering on other people, other thought leaders in the space who are, who are educating um, and, and resharing what they've already shared so that our audience can be in the know. But this is a hugely growing category and I can't disclose who it is, but we have a very exciting partnership with a major nationwide retailer. Um, we're launching a line of regenerative cooking bone broths. And this retailer wants to support this and wants this to be on their shelves. And so I think that's really cool that you're even seeing retailer support for the movement. And so, you know, before people were kind of like, oh, regenerative, is that really that big of a deal? It's just another thing for farmers to jump through. And we're really trying to make that not the case. I mean, if we had it our perfect world, you know, Savory Institute and Rock would get together and talk about how to make things a little bit easier on the farmer because we don't want them to have to just go through, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of certification um, if that doesn't make sense for them, right? And if they're oftentimes doing things beyond organic. But at the same time, for our customers, there has to be some sort of standard, right? There has to be some sort of, um, of standard of what does that mean? And so it's been interesting to, to walk through that. But um, yeah, firstly, you know, our core user base definitely was came did come to us for the regenerative piece. And now as we've grown beyond that core user, um, it's been really interesting to incorporate the educational. That's awesome. And it kind of leads me to our next question is, have you had any consumer education struggles around the product or anything that you feel like has been hard to convey about this movement? And how are you guys dealing with that? Yeah, for sure we have. I think, you know, it's difficult 
for the consumer who has, who has already self-educated to the point of where they are look, they understand why organic's important, it's a little easier. Um, because then you can explain to them, hey, you know, yes, we need to make sure that this is organic, but is that term just greenwashed? And how is the land being managed? And what is the long-term contribution? Um, or, you know, consequence, right? I mean, that's what we're really talking about. How are you contributing or how are you taking? And so it's easier. Um, when I talk about that mass market customer who really just is like saw the product on this shelf and tried it in their rice and loved it, it is, it's kind of a chasm um, because you have to talk about, well, this is how birds are normally treated right? This is how chickens are normally treated. Um, I think that Fairlife video, I was at Nosh Live when that came out and that Fairlife video just really opened a lot of people's eyes. I even talked about it, you know, when I was there because we were one of the only companies that was talking about sourcing at the time at a natural products food conference, right? And we are one of the only companies talking about sourcing. And I think, you know, you just, if in order to call yourself a truly health food product, you really have to understand what your implications are on the supply chain and how you're contributing and then not taking. But for our customers, if they already care about putting healthy food in their bodies, they definitely care about it being the best. Um, they want it to be high in collagen, high in protein. Sodium continues to be, you know, kind of a landmine for us. People either love it if they're keto or hate it if they're not. <laughs> um, so that's been interesting. But I think as far as the regenerative, it's still a very small piece of the audience that really understands it and is advocating for it. And that's what I referred to as our core audience. We love these people. You know, we, we want them to continue to do the education as well. Um, regenerative, as I said, is part of what makes Fond the best. And it's important that we be the best because we're here to help you and serve you. And that's our mission. I think, you know, in our investment deck, we have two things that we say our goal is to heal the people and to heal the land. And I just don't think you can be a producer in this environment and not be thinking about the long-term impact. And it, it needs to be part of the conversation. So as far as customer education, it's difficult, but I don't envision it being difficult for much longer. I think, you know, whether it's blockchain and we start to see where every single thing is sourced and people start saying, okay, I'm uncomfortable with that. Or if, I can't even tell you, Lauren, some of the things that other bone broth companies say. So we, we test the nutrient quality of our bone broth a lot, like a lot more than other companies do. We're testing monthly and we're continually making it better, right? We're tweaking the recipe slightly to get more protein out because we want to maximize the use of these bones, right? And, um, and, and we're doing other little things in the recipe, like adding different ingredients at different times so that, you know, maybe we can use less of them again, so that we're just not producing tons of waste. Right. And as we've done this, we've been shocked by like the nutrient profiles of other companies because we're just like, how's that even possible? And so I think, I think there's a lot, there's a reckoning coming in a lot of ways. I think, you know, companies for a long time, even quote unquote health food companies have not been transparent you know, they throw their, their product into like a software and it spits out 
nutrition facts and, and it's, you know, that's, that's a one way to do it, but we're just taking it a step further and our customers are recognizing it and we're not the only ones, right? I mean, I, I'm really inspired by Vital Farms as far as how they, you know, have launched even soy-free, right? Uh, eggs. I would love to offer a bone broth at some point because unfortunately, or, you know, just part of the system, but organic soy is a part of a lot of feed, right? And, you know, even the regenerative organic certified. So to get away from that's really interesting. And again, that would be more of like a boutique, but I think where I kind of got off on this little tangent, a lot of people don't even know there's a difference between laying hens and meat birds. And a lot of, I mean, even myself, you know, starting out on this journey, I mean, people don't know that the male chicks are euthanized and I'm speaking of laying hens here. And you're just like, what? Like there's not, there's nothing else we can do here. And so I think there's so much, what, what can be hard when you start educating is there's so much about the system that needs to be restored and it can be hard to look right. And then, it, and then it makes you have to make certain changes in your life because now you know this information and you have to act on it or ignore it. And so I think there's part of, um, you know, I would like to say in this crazy past, you know, now almost two years that we've lived with COVID and things being crazy. I think there's a lot of people who are just don't have as much energy or want to see. And then on the other hand, you've got people who are so concerned about their health and wellness that they want the best possible. So, you know, it's, it's continues to be a huge, um, undertaking for us to know how to do it the right way. One, one, a couple of things that have happened to us is we'll, we'll post and then like lobbyists for, you know, other food companies or feed lots, or, uh, we'll come and troll our posts and then talk about, you know, oh, fond bone broth. Why do you have to be slinging mud? And we're like, we're just educating the consumer on what's actually happening. <laughs> so, you know, that's always interesting. Um, cause as a brand, you really want to be careful, uh, but you also want to be honest and truthful. That's, that's hugely important. So um, it's, it, we could definitely, I think use some help just, it, and I think part of it's not being alone. Like I love to see, there's a couple of regenerative wine companies um, having more cohesion in the regenerative movement as a whole, you know, connecting like a lot of the things that we ask is connect us to your other regenerative farmers. I mean, we want to know them. We want to, support them if we can, or introduce them to someone who can use their product. Right. And so I'd love to see more camaraderie in that. And, you know, to be fair, we are still learning about the things that happen. So we'll be attending the regenerative organic Alliance next year, that conference that happens in California. So there's a lot that we're doing on our end too, but I think we desire that cohesion as a whole. And then of course, you know, time is the best, um, as consumers continue to be exposed to new education about the regenerative movement, as they start hearing it more and more, um, they'll definitely start to be more interested. So I think you bring up a really great point about this movement that it has its struggle points that a lot of people came from conventional agriculture that we all know is full of problems. And it's sometimes so hard to deal with those problems that we run in the other direction, but you know, businesses like Fond and businesses like yours are showing people that 
we may not have the perfect answer, but we're really trying and we're trying to do better. And without those innovations, nothing would change at all. So I think, you know, taking the first step forward and saying it's imperfect in slight ways, but I promise you we're trying really hard and we're doing better is such an amazing first step of it all. <laughs> yeah. And we will continue, you know, to get, I mean, we've always leaned into the regenerative organic movement and we will continue to grow with it. And I think that's, what's the most exciting for me is, you know, you would say it a year ago and people are still kind of like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And now you say it. And just a year later and people are like, oh yeah, that's a really cool thing that's happening. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, it is. I've been saying that for two years, you know? So I think that's where you start to just see kind of the groundswell of chatter really have an impact. And that's cool. That's awesome. Um, tell me a little bit about how these certification processes have been going, because you mentioned they are quite a strain on the farmer to kind of prove what they're doing and all these things. But of course, having a certification is great for transparency of consumers. Can you tell me a little bit about how those certification processes have been going? Are there benefits? Kind of how has it been for you guys going through that? So we love the certification process. As a producer, there's nothing better than to say, hey, we use products that meet these standards. Um, And that, you know, our bone broths are organic certified. So having them be rock certified, that's, you know, we want every single one um, down the road to be. The trouble is, are the, you know, are the herbs regenerative certified organic? Is, you know, is salt? Like, can that happen? Like, you know, it's just, you, you kind of start going down these little threads. So we've started with what we know is the most important part, which is the proteins. And even that has can, uh, proved to just be a lot. So we have one farmer we've been working with for two years in tandem. And it took, I want to say almost eight months for his feed to be organic, like just the supplemental feed that they like scatter on, you know, the ground for the chicks to consume while they graze. It took like eight months to have the feed certified. And then, you know, so it's just with all things, certification processes just take a long time. And thankfully, you know, we've got partners that have funding, but can you imagine if you weren't allowed to like produce for eight months, you wouldn't have a business. And so what, what I would love to see happen. And that's where I think like land to market is really a great starting point for these smaller farms because it doesn't cost an arm and a leg and it can happen fairly quickly. Um, so we, we, and that's one land to markets, a certification that whole foods has gotten behind as well. So it's got some, you know, kind of corporate backing as far as just establishing, Hey, this, this is an important term, but I, you know, I would love and we spend a lot of time talking to both parties, right? So land to market, savory, rock. Um, I would love for these folks to work together a little bit more. The, the basic strategy seems to be you start out land to market and you graduate, you know, rock certified um, five, 10 years down the road. And I don't think that's a, necessarily a bad thing, but I, I would love to see it happen faster. That's a good point. And for those who are kind of struggling between the different certifications, you know, you said that maybe savory is the easier start. Do you have any recommendations for like the backyard farmer who's trying to expand a little insight to what each of them kind of, you know, very quickly what each of them needs and the prices around them? Yeah. So I don't know the pricing, unfortunately, but I will tell you that um, land to market is basically just 
talking about land management and is it a net positive or you know negative and so for the backyard farmer you are making a positive difference what you are doing is important and you know the land and market certification can help um, substantiate that especially if you're looking to go down to your local farmers market or even your you know your local supermarket right local is we're going to continue to see issues in the supply chain do not underestimate the power you have as a local supplier um, I would say, you know, for the rock certification, if you know you're going to grow and you have plans to grow, you need to start it now. And the reason for that is they have different tiers. They have bronze, they have silver, they have gold. So, you know, maybe you, you start with the bronze, but I think, and, and that's what our, our chicken supplier has had to do is, okay, we're going to start at the bronze. And then once we get this second certification, we're going to go to the silver. And then finally, once we get this third thing done, we're going to go to the gold. And, you know, I think people so often in this movement, just as we touched on before, they're so zealous to solve the problem that unless you're solving it completely the first time you failed, and that is so not true. Friends, every step in the right direction is a huge win here. And we just need to know that. I mean, you don't have to have it all figured out day one. I, I've been running this business for six years. I certainly didn't have it figured out on day one. But did I know the vision? You know, and I think that's where the vision is so important to guide that. Yeah, I think those are two really good places to start, especially, you know, Rock, if you know you want to grow. Rock is great because they have a list of certified suppliers. And so, for example, we could go to Rock and say, hey, we're looking for someone who grows sage and we want it to be regenerative organic certified. And in a perfect world, they could give us three different farms, right? That we can source our sage from. And that's what I would love to see. You know, my vision for this is just that so many people see this as important. And we, um, a lot of the costs that you mentioned is actually taken from a percentage of sales. So it's not, it's not like, you know, a yearly license or things like that. It's like a percentage of sales that have the label on it, um, which I know can seem really hard at first for smaller suppliers who are like, hey, I grew this. Uh, why do you get to have your name on it? But I think you also have to understand that you're, you're signaling to the customer. And I'm sorry, but customers, I mean, they're, they're tough. They want to know that you know what you're talking about and they want to know if you're saying you're regenerative organic certified, they want to know, well, what does that mean and why and what did you have to do to get it? And so there's merit to going through these things. I have a lot of respect for farmers. Of course, you know, both of my grandparents were farmers on both sides. My husband's grandparents were farmers on one side. So we've got a lot of history. We have a lot of respect to the hardest working people in the world. And I think one thing the certification folks can be doing to make it a little easier is to just streamline the process um, and to have someone who is willing to really coach these farmers through it. So it's as little time as possible. The folks at Force of Nature um, just do a great job and we have a lot of respect for them. Um, they really get in the little, the smaller farmer's corner. I, I don't want to use the word little because it's too patronizing, but you know, the smaller farmer's corner and kind of help them and yeah. So those are the two that I would, I would start with and that, you know, that are important to fond. I love it. And I love your talk about, we don't always have it figured out in the beginning, but we really know what we want. So what is the the future vision for fond? Where are you guys hoping that fond will end up in the next five years or so? Oh my gosh. We are so pumped about the future. We are going to be launching. So currently we have 12 SKUs of chicken, three of beef, and um, the beef are all regenerative, certified organic. The chicken will be soon. We are so excited about it. Of course, 
they are, but the certification is not official yet. Um, and then the second piece of it is launching different proteins. So bison, pork, um, we're even gonna do a wild caught fish down the road, which I'm really excited about. And then we're moving on to things like um, companion products, right? So offering soups and gourmet meat butters and just things that help the honor the whole use of the animal as well, you know, on our end. And again, you know, committing to that and okay, how can we be better? All right, we're going to, the, the fat is already used in our product for biodiesel, but we're, we're going to do it for something else. You know, we're going to, we're going to use it for these other products going forward. So we're excited about that. Um, like I said, we have this partnership on our regenerative organic cooking broths, which a major with a major retailer, which is really exciting for us to see that official support. And then, you know, we're, we're just here to make nourishing food delicious and easy. So many of us are so busy and just don't have the time. And, you know, we'd love to uh, see Fond served in your local Starbucks, right? You can get a cup of bone broth maybe instead of a, you know, 1600 calorie uh, frappuccino down the road. I love that. That's, <laughs> that's such an amazing vision to kind of bring health to the everyday consumer. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we're, that's what we're about. Cause we, you know, if you make it easy and you make it yummy, there's no excuse. Well, thank you so much, Alyssa. It has been an amazing talk. We are so excited. Everybody, if you see it on the shelves, obviously grab it or reach out. Alyssa, can you tell people a little bit about where they can get your product right now? Yeah, so we're sold in um, HEB, uh, all HEBs, all Sprouts Farmers Markets, uh, Bristol Farms, um, Plum Market, Dorothy Lane, a lot of specialty places. And you can always visit our store locator on our website um, to find a store near you. Uh, or pick up a four pack while you're there online. Awesome. We are so excited. And thank you again for all your insight and sharing and all you're doing for the regenerative movement. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. 